you are inherently whole because we are derived from the same oneness, consciousness, pure love and source that the stars and the moon and the atoms and the molecules and the galaxies are derived from that gave rise to you and me and everybody who's listening to us. The truth is you are pure love. The truth is you are oneness. The truth is your abundance. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller Podcast. We have such a fun episode for you today. My friend Tracy Litt is here. She and I recorded a little conversation and I think that you'll really like her and I think that you'll find this helpful. Um, before we dive in, I want to remind you that I'm partnering with Amy Porterfield and she's doing a boot camp. and I think today is actually the last day that you can register for it. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash Amy and If there's ever been a time where you were curious about starting an online course or what are the basics that you need to grow an online business, her bootcamp is going to give you so many light bulbs. So if you want to join it and you want bonuses from me as well, you can go to the kathyheller.com slash Amy link. And I believe today is the last day. Also, today we're doing one of the calls for my quilt membership. We have calls every Thursday. So if you want to get in and join us today or you want to get in and join us next week, It is a consistent friend for you every single Thursday so that you get a space to be seen, be heard, be celebrated, get to share what's really going on. And also there's some coaching and meditation as well. You can join that membership by going to kathyheller.com slash quilt. And for this time, we've actually given you the code love. And if you use that code, it waives a little fee that actually I think is like a couple hundred dollars. So you can use the code love go to kathyheller.com slash quilt and come join us. This is like the most incredible fierce sisterhood on the planet. You're going to be wowed. You're going to be so grateful that you're in it. It's amazing. So today I'm excited because we're joined by my friend Tracy Litt. Isn't that an amazing name? Like that's actually her last name, Litt. She's the founder and CEO of The Litt Factor, which is a seven-figure human growth and ascension company. She's a best-selling author. She's a speaker. She's a podcast host, and she's also a spiritual teacher. She was a single mom and she had an eight-month-old baby. She did not have a college degree. She was on food stamps and she was able to get her life off the ground. She was able to become vice president of a global healthcare company. And then she realized her soul was just withering away and she listened to her higher self and she took a leap. And now she's been doing the work that she really wants to do, helping thousands of people around the world to tap into their inner supernova-ness and embody their next level. If her words today resonate with you, you definitely want to check out her book. It's called Worthy Human. And you can go listen to her podcast. It's called The How of Within. She's going to talk about something so much fun that she's launching next week that you're going to want to hear about. Tracy has become such a dear friend. I'm so grateful to have her in my life. We just spent a week together at the Joe Dispenza retreat. It was so much fun to sing the Indigo Girls songs with her, to meditate with her, and then to go out at night and have some sushi and unpack all the different breakthroughs that were going on for us. She and I speak a lot of the same language, and so I think you're really going to find who she is to be delicious and magical. She has so much good stuff to share. Without further ado, please welcome the remarkable Tracy Litt. Hi, guys. We're going to have a little coffee talk this morning. I'm bringing on a friend of mine, Tracy Litt, and we're going to chat. She and I were just together for 
five days at Dr. Joe Dispenza's Veil Retreat. And I told her that, like, really the only reason in the end that I wound up going is because I knew she would be there because she's so loving and smart. And it's so fun to have, like, a friend. Like, more than any information we can all learn, more than any program, the most healing thing in the world is just love and friendship on some level. Like, it's more than anything. So she's here, so I'm going to bring her on. How are you? Hi, how are you? Good. This is like Sunday morning. I'm still in my pajamas. My kids are asleep. It's the best. It's the best. Um, Let me just say, thank you. I was listening to you as I was waiting to be let in to join you. And I don't think there's any more special thing that we can share or give to everyone who is paying attention right now than sisterhood and love and like unconditional love, the way that we do this for each other. I think if we can continue to represent that, we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing here. And I think I want to just level set for everyone that we have this ridiculous thing that we do where we compare ourselves to other people. And then we assume incorrectly that because somebody has whatever it is that we think is quote unquote, more than what we have, if it's more success or more accomplishments or better hair, I don't know <laughs> that this person has arrived at a place where they no longer hit their edges or struggle. And what I want to talk about, and there's so much to unpack around it, is like our old stuff is so stubborn. Like it dies so hard. All your programs, the wounds that you carry around, Even when you've done a thing or two, even when you've been able to like find, you know, smoother waters in certain places, Mm. there's still what to be healed. And so Tracy and I were on this retreat together last week. And after every session, she came over. She was like, I was thinking about you and I was sending you here. I want you to know how worthy you are. So worthy. And it's just like, I'm bawling, you know, and, and it's because being a human being and continuously looking at what there is for us to set down, that we don't have to keep making it so effing hard. There's so many ways that we make it so much harder than it needs to be. Yeah. Because this thing is where we all live. Like, we don't live in the East Coast or the West Coast. Or, we live in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me, let's just back all the way up because my audience, I haven't introduced them to you, even if they know you already. Why did you first get interested in expansion and changing our like narratives in our mind? Like what even led you to that? Mm. My own experiences of my own reality that were less than right. All the times that I look back on my life and realize where I was not aware that I felt unworthy, right? Like really, when you really take a look at how we become who we are, I was being driven by a program, but I wasn't aware of it. So I was creating realities like thinking I wasn't smart enough, not going to college as a result, allowing a relationship that was less than because I didn't realize I felt unworthy, but I was attracting that because that's what I was a match for and becoming a single mother with an eight month old, like the whole series of events, right? So then as I was sitting in corporate America, when I hit that spot that society tells you, this is where you nail it, guys. This is when you follow the order of operations and you do what we tell you to do. 
boom, happiness, one of the biggest lies ever. And in that state, in that beautiful corporate job, there comes my soul, that gnawing, you are meant for more, you are gifted. Greater intelligence was tapping me on the shoulder and telling me to show up. And once I took the two years to play with my fear and jump from it, that's when I really made the decision that I am here to be a massive, massive contributor in this consciousness revolution because it's getting people out of their humanness. That's the actual answer. I mean, I love the vulnerability and that is just, I can feel that yucky, painful, unworthy feeling that we've all had and we all find different coping mechanisms for it. Mm -hmm. Yesterday I had a, a situation that I've had so many times in my life where I say, say yes when I really mean no. And then I have a hangover for about three days. Cause I'm like, I'm not in alignment. I didn't want to say yes. I didn't want to take that on. Why did I do that? That's unworthiness, mm -hmm. right? That is this inherent feeling that it's my job. Just because someone asked me, I have to say yes. It's like, no, no, you get to respond. And you get to still be a nice person by saying the answer is no. Uh, yes. But I have to jump here with you because this is what makes each one of us like, you know, we keep, I keep saying, you keep saying, right, the way that we really make an impact and change this world consciousness wise, frequency wise, generational change is by each one of us showing up and doing the work of ourselves, right? So once you start saying no, and you actually know it's a no, like your body's instantly like, ah, no, right? But then something in your adaptive behavior, people pleasing or control or gaining significance through validation externally makes you hedge and just go, well, okay, yes. And then a second later, you hang up or you send the email and you're like, why did I do that to myself? Right? Yeah. So the, po the point being, the more each one of us show up in our power, right? Empowered is not this like, hear me roar crap. It's to be in your power. And then as a woman on the rise, you ask me to do something and my body says no. And I look at you and I say no or no, thank you. Right. And then you witness that you then do it. And then the people in your sphere. So we have to recognize that the biggest gift is the embodiment of who we're becoming because of what that does for the modeling of everyone in proximity to you. And when people see what's possible, it expands their belief more than anything else can. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all so good. It really is. I, I feel like if anyone's listening, maybe this is the sign that you needed that those two things that you really don't feel a total hell yes around doing, give yourself the permission slip to say no to doing those things. You said also that the biggest lie ever is like, once you get your 401k, there's this, this shower of happiness. Like, <laughs> so many unhappy adults who are such hard workers who went to college, checked all these boxes, and now they're sitting in corporate America somewhere going, when does it get to feel good? Like, this doesn't feel like what I thought one day the one day feeling over the rainbow. There ain't no over the rainbow feeling here. So what's that about? Oh, yes. How do we get out of that? Oh, this is so good. This is, oh, you guys, I hope you're feeling the vibration that's happening right now because my body is like, the way we were set up to believe we would achieve 
that happiness and success was through that old model of external, right? You do this, then you go here, then you graduate elementary, middle, high school, college, master's degree, meet your spouse, get a house, white picket fence, have two kids, throw a dog in there because that looks good for pictures and you're, you're, you're rock solid. And what that does is that drives that third dimensional consciousness, humanness, lack, fear, separation paradigm that our culture needs to survive and spin leading us to believe that it's the outside that informs the inside. The reason why so many of us then hit that wall and get disgruntled or realize what is happening or I'm ready for more or God, is this all there is? Or do I have to do this until I die? Those are amazing little tinges and sparks of the awakening to the rise of your consciousness, of the awakening that it doesn't matter how much external you achieve, because the truth is, is that the satiation of this lifetime is an inside job first. It's a satiation of your soul. It is the inside is what creates the outside. And that's, that's the shift, right? That's what happens. And it's a beautiful thing to awaken to because it's the only way that we're going to be able to actually change the world. Truly. Yeah. It's so powerful just to be reminded, you know, when you're looking at these people in the blue zones, talking about it now, because Dan Butner has this awesome show on Netflix. I'm so like, finally Netflix, like let something on that's like, (laughs) but you see these people and their lives are not about all of those things. They're not about piles of things. They're not about how many followers they have. They're really about how much of their own practice leads them to feeling a lightness in their own being. And then moment by moment, it doesn't matter if anyone's heard of them or if they have their 15 minutes of famous or if they ever post anything on social media. For them, there's something called well-being that has to do with the way you are looking through your eye sockets at this world and the peace of mind that you have or you don't have. One of the things that you do so well in your work is you help people to completely change this inner landscape like you're talking about. What are some of the most important things that you want people to know about what's possible? Because I think sometimes people can hear that people do this kind of work and when you're all the way over here it's hard to see the view from over there so then you don't even understand like what is all of that and is mm. is there really a possibility in that for me mm, yeah such a beautiful question Kath. so it's so interesting because it's like what do you want the work to do for you is the first thing that comes through right what's available to you is all the things that you go to sleep at night wishing and hoping and praying like it's literally already available for you because everything exists all the time, all at once. So to wake up in the morning and feel gratitude and have a genuine excitement to get out of bed and contribute to the world, to be present with your children and not play that game where you are physically there, but your mind is somewhere completely else. So you're completely not present. The ability to reassociate your perspective on important, uncomfortable conversations and actually show up like a leader. The ability to generate any amount of wealth that you desire because you realize the money isn't the security, 
you operating from your wholeness is the security. The ability to not only improve your marriage, and this one is what I'm in the midst of right now, but literally feel like you are married to a new person, like you're in a new marriage because you're both evolving. The truth is, is that everything actually is available to you. It's simply your past experience and most of the people that you're spending your time with that are influencing you to perceive that the truth is limitation. When, when you really are ready to play, the truth is as you wish, baby, what would you like today? Yeah. I feel like those are all really delicious things to even consider, you know, enjoying in our life. I think that what happens in the human mind is people listen to that list and they're like, she doesn't know my life. If she understood the evidence that I can show her about my life, then this would be, you know, a ridiculous thing to even talk about. I want to bring it back to you as you were once really struggling financially, single mom, having just come out of a really uncomfortable relationship and was able to kind of like take this really tough hand of cards and turn it into a completely different hand of cards. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Because it it makes it so much more relatable when we see where you start. Absolutely. And I want to say something really quickly. Someone once said, and I can't remember who, so we'll credit them. If you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. Right. Right. So just recognize like part of this work is learning you're not your mind is understanding that you are actively creating the trajectory of your life with every micro and macro choice you're making, right? So to go with what your question is, yeah, I mean, I was on food stamps with Taylor. I was paying for groceries with food stamps. And had I decided to say asleep, I would have continued that trajectory. I could have fought and sat in that limitation, but this is the way it is. And I could have attached to the hardship and my mother dying three years earlier and being in a sociopathic relationship prior to that. And, you know, moving through my whole life, not feeling smart enough and going, but I don't have a call. I I could have attached to all of that limitation, right? Or I could have done what I did, which is I have an opportunity to leave the victimhood in the past where it belongs and actually like just believe for a hot second that I am actually creating this lived experience and start acting in accordance with that. And that's when the awakening, the elevation, the ascension, the rise, the whatever you want to call it, that's when it happened because it's choice and power. It actually doesn't matter what happened to you, where you come from, whether your family was rich or poor, your parents were divorced or married, your father or mother abandoned you or they didn't, whatever those circumstances are, we work through them because trauma, I mean, you guys, everyone's a walking trauma response until you do the work. Let's lighten that up too, because this whole heaviness about trauma is actually a disservice to your ability to evolve in a highly conscious way. Okay. We were little people that became middle people that became big people and shit went down and we internalized it because so is the subconscious mind. Right. And we have an opportunity to untether that from ourselves, to let the trauma leave our bodies so that we can, to your point, see through these eyes in a new way. So you can, because this is the other thing you knew, I both talk about this. You're either going to grow catalytically or you're going to grow by choice. So this conversation is like, 
hello, hello, hello. Would you like to come in and do the most important work of your life? Or would you like to wait for cancer or divorce or some other loss to make you take a look in the mirror? Because it's all about radical personal responsibility. Yeah. I interviewed this amazing man. George Mumford is his name. He is so unbelievable. So he, where do I even begin? I just want to get this one point across about him. But Phil Jackson, who was the coach of the Lakers and the Bulls, wrote the foreword to George's book. Why? Because George is the guy who helped Phil Jackson with teaching the teams how to meditate. But why is that so important that he's been doing mindfulness and meditation and self-development work for so long? But, well, that's important because he was a heroin addict. Why was he a heroin addict? Because he grew up in a tough spot. He was able to achieve a certain amount of success because he played really good basketball. He was roommates with Dr. J and they were on the same team in college, but he got injured. And when he got injured, the story in his mind was, oh, well, that's all I had going. So he wound up on the streets and he wound up being a heroin addict. What wound up happening is he got sick, some kind of infection, and he had to go to the hospital. And of course, they don't give you heroin in the hospital. So he went through a brutal detox by force because of this that he had. And it was the greatest thing that ever happened. And when he got out, he did not want to go back through that detox ever again, that withdrawal. So he got clean, went to AA, and he heard a guy in AA hold up a coin. And he said, you see, you see how like thin this coin is? And he said, but this coin is everything because one side is heads and one side is tails. They're actually different sides of this very same coin. And he said, and what that means to me is that every moment of your life, you have a second of how you choose to respond. Do you look at it this way or that way? And in a second, in one second, you've decided you made up a story and that personal responsibility is how you respond. Responsibility is responding. And he started to like read everything he could possibly read. He got interested in John Kabat-Zinn's work and uh, went on to be this phenomenal teacher, healer. He's incredible. When I hear someone like him in the deepest way talk about how he step by step was able to go from the lowest place to the most beautiful place, it's such an incredible example of what it is that you're saying, that we have a choice. It's this thing. It's Mm -hmm. a program that's running. And who we really are is this consciousness beyond this program. Mm -hmm. And there is a way to start to have a different relationship Relationship with our minds mm-hmm. so we know that thoughts are not facts and we can choose the ones that are right because they're coming from our soul our consciousness and not from some place where so often the thing you're saying out loud you don't even agree with it something your mom said or something mm-hmm. in your life said as james clear said to me the most important of the atomic habits he's like who you spend time with because you will become the thoughts of the five people you spend the most time with. I mean, that's huge. It is huge. You have a whole bunch of things that you do. You have a challenge, uh, a boot camp that's coming up called Super, Supernova, but it leads to this work that you do, which you call mind magic, 
what is what does it mean? Why do you call it magic? And what does it mean that our mind can actually either be a blessing or a curse? And it can be the greatest blessing to help us go to such uncharted, amazing places. Yeah. So it's called mind magic. Well, really the origin of it was I taught a thought workshop in one of my uh, old coaches when I first started out. And after I taught this workshop, that was a combination of thought and nervous system, because I'm going to tell you guys something important in a minute. One of the attendees came to me and she said, oh my God, that completely changed me. You are like brain magic for skeptics. And I said, oh, okay. And then boom, it was like, I love alliteration. So I turned it into mind magic and that's what it became. But ultimately you are magic. And the only issue is, is that no one has ever simply and practically taught you how to use the magic that exists inside of you. Mm-hmm. That, that's all, right? right? This thing, you are the being that directs this whole thing. You are far more energy and spiritual than you are human. And when you come in to work with us in mind magic, I'm teaching you the levers to pull, right? Because it's really important that you have a base biological understanding, right? That like, okay, so let's say you're looking to improve your relationship with your spouse, or you're looking to be more visible in your business. We have to work with your body and your nervous system because you actually have a neurotag in your brain that tells you exactly how to react, the emotions to feel. As soon as you even think about your spouse coming home or you think about turning that Facebook live on, your body and mind are working for you. And they're like, oh, nope, this is where we feel frustrated. This is where we retreat. This is where we hold back. And when you really, really understand, because we all know that knowledge is power and we all know that when you can take knowledge and information and apply it, that's when you create your own evidence of what's possible. So inside of mind magic, that's essentially what it means. I mean, we embed in you, you are not your mind. Because one of the biggest problems you have is you walk around and basically, I love you, but you're being your mind's bitch. That's what you're doing. Thoughts are coming in. You're like, okay. And you attach to it. And then you spin down the rabbit hole of hell and you continue to perpetuate your self-fulfilling prophecies. And then you commiserate with certain people that are willing to still complain, or you then beat yourself up about why you're not further along. And ultimately, when you recognize, okay, this thing between my ears is actually, you guys, the greatest gift we've ever been given. And if you let the thoughts that it automatically populates direct you, you will always stay the same because your mind, body, and nervous system has no interest in you fulfilling your capacity. Please just know that if you take nothing else from this conversation, your mind, body, and nervous system, they are here to make sure you survive, which means they need you to stay the same. So you're over here, you're with Kathy, you're with me, with all these big people you're reading, you're doing, and you're like, yes, I'm going to do it. I've got my vision and you're feeling all jazzed up. And then the whole entire time, your nervous system, like the hell you are, right? Because it is actively keeping you the same while you are wanting to embody this vision. And it's important to understand that. And that's where mind magic comes in because you actually learn to think intentionally. You learn how to recondition your nervous system because you need to give it the safety it needs so that you can show up and do these big things, right? Reshaping your relationship with fear, actually prioritizing your frequency. These are the types of things we're doing inside of mind magic. One of the things that's so important to talk about is the mind and body connection because the nervous system is is plugged into the immune system which is people don't know that right we also don't realize that the mind 
is plugged into the nervous system. So what happens is even when you consciously are allowing for this vision and you start walking toward it, your body, your physical body is still living in the past response. Yes. And it needs time to catch up. So that, that is why sometimes we have this thought, which is like, oh, I wish that overnight I would be in the most beautiful life overnight to the hilt. I don't just want a little bit of abundance. I want all the abundance. I don't just want the best relationship. I want the best, 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 best relationship and the three kids and the house near the beach and the second home in the mountains and all of it overnight. Your actual nervous system wouldn't be able to calibrate that quickly. And so what happens is, is somebody allows themselves a little bit more joy and they take it in. And then what happens, they start to cry or they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in this moment that I allowed to happen on some level that my friends threw me this party or I'm with a really nice guy. And then what happens? You're crying, right? What happens in Goodwill Hunting? She goes, I don't want to take back. What do you mean? And he's like, it's enough, Skylar. Why? Because she's loving him. And of course, you know, that night he met her with like, how do you like them apples? He thought cute. And he thought it'd be great if this works out. And then as soon as it's working out, his body's going, I don't know this level of joy. So the mind is enjoying something on some level, but then signaling to the body, this is unknown. Mm -hmm. And if it's unknown, it might be unsafe. And so your body goes back to a default of like, hang on a minute. And so that's why as you go through your life, for you to be in control, like you said, sometimes Mm -hmm. we are our mind's bitch. And that is so, Mm -hmm. us to have the awareness of all of these things at play then you can go, okay, I'm going to pull this old vibration body. I'm going to notice that my body's going to be super scared to start that podcast or begin that relationship or be vulnerable or whatever it is. And I'm going to be there as my best friend mm-hmm. because I know that that's all just an old program. It's not real, although it feels so real. In the that's moment. right. That's right. Right. Spot on. And that's a big part. Impatience, like you were saying, I want it tomorrow, right? Or that, like, why don't I have it yet? That's actually your fear response, hoping you believe that so that you stop. I need to shine a light on how insidious and sneaky the fear response is, right? So of course, like, why don't I have it yet? Great. Now I'll give up. And the other thing that I want to echo to what you're saying is, is that's what it means to be committed and highly conscious and recognize there is an old program, recognize you are going to imprint your nervous system, you are going to become an intentional thinker, stop being surprised that you're scared. Like I ask this of my clients all the time, can we just stop being surprised? Of course, fear's here. You are anything different than who you are, how you're used to feeling, and what you're used to experiencing in your life is going to trigger your amygdala and send the... (laughs) shut her down on all accounts. And it's like, of course, of course. And that's what my TED talk was on fear, right? Because the way we've been taught to experience fear is so limited and so masculine. And the real way to be with your fear is to love your fear. So as you're showing up to all the beautiful things, Kathy, you just articulated, it's recognizing that 
doing the internal work, working my identity evolution must be in tandem with all of the other beautiful things that I'm doing. You guys, it is not a luxury. It is not a once I hit seven figures in my business. It is not when my marriage is better. It is the key. It is the gateway. It is the requirement to you actually feeling the way you want to feel every day, all day, and actualizing your unlimited potential in this lifetime. Yeah, it is so amazing, all of this, because what it leads you back to is like, today is Sunday, right? It happens to be Sunday. It's like, when was the last time, whatever day it is that you're in, you lived it fully on your terms? Meaning you weren't hijacked by your thoughts. You weren't playing some role that your mother-in-law wants you to play. It was your day and you got to show up for it and you got to be present and you got to enjoy it. And you got to decide, oh, I feel like walking over there right now. Oh, I <laughs> outside. Oh, I feel like coloring for five minutes. Oh, I feel like watching something silly on TV. Oh, I feel like, but with the presence of mind where you're not literally rehearsing the past as you go through this whole day. I mean, if we're not conscious, that unconscious way in which our mind will just run us back into the past every day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter then if you're in Lake Tahoe <laughs> your kids or if you're at the grocery store because your brain is still unconsciously just working out a lot of stuff that when you really think of it, it's so boring and it's such a drag because there's such a a different level. It's like flying the plane at a different altitude. It's of like course. Storm is always an option on some level. Mm-hmm. Or go above the storm, right? Mm-hmm. You can go to a different part of who you really are and go, oh, now I'm looking at my mind. Just curious. And instead, I can feel what's really home base, which is this endless capacity for love, this endless capacity for imagination this endless capacity for gratitude and just knowing that this moment as it is, is really nice and there's nothing I need to fix to enjoy it. That's right. And that actually is the key to a successful personal evolution. You cannot do it through the lens of needing to be fixed because that's the lie. That's what keeps all of the old programs spinning. You are inherently whole. Why? Because we are derived from the same oneness, consciousness, pure love and source that the stars and the moon and the atoms and the molecules and the galaxies are derived from that gave rise to you and me and everybody who's listening to us. The truth is you are pure love. The truth is you are oneness. The truth is your abundance, right? So it's like everyone who says, how do I get out of my own way? It's like, that's the answer. Be present, presence and that takes practice. Presence takes practice. I was just watching yesterday, like a little clip of uh, Sinead O'Connor, like a year or so before she died recently. And in the interview, she was saying like her mother was so abusive, like used to beat her up almost every single day badly. And then while she was beating her up, she would have her say out loud, I am nothing, I am nothing, I am nothing. And she said, when you say that over and over again, you believe it like straight up. And so why this can feel both good, but also triggering 
is because whatever the story was in your own home, whether someone said something directly to you, like you're not enough or lose weight or you're that whatever the story was, in addition to what they told you for kids, it's not, not what's taught, it's what's caught. So you picked up the modeling, whatever they thought about themselves. If your parents really felt like they weren't enough or they didn't believe in something bigger than their own worthiness in terms of achievement or whatever it is, you absorb that. And so this is where it's so important to think of yourself like I am robot. It's almost like there's a program running mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can be a better coder. You can be a better software developer and you can code a different program. And then what's mm-hmm. cool about the brain, as you said, Tracy, your mind is magic where it will look for the evidence of whatever you tell it to be true. Mm-hmm. So if you say everyone in Los Angeles is superficial, your mind will give you four good reasons to know that that's true. If you say everyone in Los Angeles is super open-minded and spiritual, it'll give you four great yep. reasons to be like, Los- yes. <laughs> that's why this work I always say the most important meeting of your day has to be the meeting with yourself mm-hmm. 20 minutes in the morning to decide the way you selected what food you're going to eat today and what, what you're going to wear. What are you wearing in here? Mm-hmm. What do you know to be true? And is it really the truth or is it just something that's actually keeping you mm-hmm. living groundhog day? Yeah. And, and I'll just, I'll make it even easier for you guys. It's not the truth. It's never the truth. There are actually very, very, very few truths with a TH at the end. And anything your mind is offering you is never truth, right? And knowing, like, as you're absorbing this conversation and the energy of the conversation, you're always doing one of two things. You're either investing your energy and attention in the old program, or you're investing your energy and attention in the new program. So the invitation here is to disinvest pull your energy and your attention away from the old program and invest in who you're becoming, who you're evolving into. Yeah. Right. It's, it's yeah. A, because in my house, um, my dad was really volatile and he knows that. And he's extremely like sad now about the way he was as a dad. He was very, he came from a lot of abuse. So then it's what he, you know what I mean? Yeah, so we, sure. We, door open and we'd be scared. Like my dad's home. Like that's like a, a scary feeling, right? And my mom is bipolar. So she's suffered from manic depression my whole life. But what's so interesting, Tracy, is that my choice as a little being, three years old, four, year, four years old, where I went in the dynamic was to be the peacemaker, was to be the um, one to make everyone happy. That definitely has its... Uh, heaviness. Okay. There's definitely what I'm working on big time. Mm. But the other piece of it was my mom would say to me all the time, why are you so happy all the time? You're always so happy. Kathy's always happy. She's always the happy one. I don't understand. I don't understand. And I remember at my bat mitzvah, she got up to give like a talk and she was like, well, I was trying to prepare my remarks and she looks at me. I'm in the front row and she goes, all I could sit there. I couldn't even write anything because I just thought, Kathy's happy and it's a puzzle. I don't understand why she's so happy. She's always so happy. And my mom, and then I think for a second, maybe she had this thought like, wait a minute, she must not be happy all the time. Maybe we're not like receiving that she's like literally. But with all that being said, 
it became my identity, Tracy, to yes. look the good. Okay. So this is the interesting part of it. Okay. I then became associated in my family with all things Rainbow Bright, Care Bears, Punky Brewster, multiple colors. And what happened was it became like a um, superpower that my thing, like everyone's being told their thing, like sometimes the kid, not me, but some kids are told, you're great at math. You're great at math. And they, they're like, I'm great at math. So they become really good at math. Yeah. My superpower became I could always find the highest vibration, the happiest thing, even in the turmoil, even when my parents were like divorcing and my mom is suicidal. She's like, I don't, and she would get so angry about it. And it became like my like cape, like I could see. And what did I come to find out? That that is actually our greatest tool in the world is being able to see further than what you might think is all there is to see. It's like the sun will come out tomorrow. I mean, it is mm-hmm. Victor Frankl standing in a concentration camp is the most extreme example, but it's like our ability to see further than what is being given to you. When you start to realize how much bigger, how much more possibility, you'll find examples of like 29 people who've done that that exact thing or who had it even harder and were able to go to this place or who are so empathetic or so joyful. Somebody yesterday was saying like the people in this world are superficial or whatever they are. And I was like, all I can see is the people that I meet Mm -hmm. and the people that I see are the most unbelievable human beings in the world. Like I literally, my view of humanity is 11 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm like, I podcast. I've met people from around the world. They're so kind. They're so sweet. They're so real. They're so authentic. They're so willing to help each other. The world is amazing. And so when you start to plant those seeds, this is like magic fertilizer. Mm-hmm. It just grows an Amazon rainforest and it starts giving you fruit and treasure. And I guess what I'm saying is it's kind of, it seems so impossible, but it's kind of as as simple as being unrelentingly willing mm-hmm. to find the optimism, to believe that there's a whole other story that's way bigger and way more juicy than this limited garbage that someone in front of you is handing over to you. Like, this is humanity. This is life. Not so fast. Yeah. You literally see what you look for. And when you understand the neuroscience of that, when you understand the centers of your brain that are driving that, when you change what you want to see, you will actually see that, right? So it's like, if you move to feel better, well, wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) That's why it is you that must come in and do the work of you so that you can create a different lived experience. Because of the way you see the world, Kathy, the world delivers itself to you that way. Right. And that's the thing that everyone really needs to understand because as we each elevate what we want to see, which elevates our frequency, then that elevates the collective and we become more conscious. And then that entrains the energy and the experience of everything and everyone around us. So as much as this conversation is very much about each of you, you know, get those gains, have personal freedom, hit that wealth, grow that business, have great sex, be a great parent. I love it all. Enjoy it. It is so much bigger than you. It is so much bigger than me. It is so much bigger than Kathy. It is so much bigger than us. From where I sit, you don't get to opt out of showing up. You 
don't because it's our generation's divine responsibility. Our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents did not have neuroscience, did not have healing modalities, did not have an understanding of the nervous system, did not have what is available to us. So it's so, yeah, right? Like, yeah, go ahead. One of the things about it, number one, when people say, who am I to do this? Sometimes I take that approach and I say, who are you not to do it? Meaning to say, I think the most depressing state of mind is when we're thinking about ourselves. Yeah. truly. Yes, of course. Because if you're really feeling down and you go do something kind for someone, like there's like across the street from us, there's an older woman. And my kids and I went and dropped something off at her house the other day. And we all felt we were on a high for like 10 hours. Okay. Mm. So when we say, who are you not to do it? It's like, we were all put here to add a different something to the greater whole. Yeah. Right. Cause yes. we're dead. And when you're so busy thinking about all the crap in your mind, how are you able to be generous to someone in that moment? How can you be present with the person sitting on the bus next to you? How can you be present with the stray dog that's sitting on the corner of the street when you are in your own muck, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think about what you just said about grandparents, because I really have to give credit to my grandmother who passed away about nine and a half years ago. And she always lived around the corner from us. And she grew up like you know, below the poverty line, came here, Ukrainian immigrants escaping like tons of persecution, lost her family, had nothing, living in a tenement, even constantly evicted from a tenement because they couldn't even, Mm. you know, they didn't even have a bathroom, meaning there was one toilet for 26 units in the tenement. It, you know, her mom died, everybody had tuberculosis, and it was just like all kinds of garbage. said to me, she goes, I couldn't go to school past the fifth grade, but I taught myself to read. And I used to go to the library and I would be taken away by Jane Austen or taken away by wherever. And then she went to Harlem every night and she would dance at this place called Roseland. And she met my grandfather there and they became the star dancers and they were on the radio because there was no TV, but they would like to be, have these competitions. And Ella Fitzgerald was her friend and Ella Fitzgerald would sing And these people were so poor. It gives me chills. They were so poor and they were so happy. They would dance till four or five in the morning every night because in those times, all the problems melted away. And so my grandfather and my grandmother were dance partners. And then one day he walked her home and they were sitting on the stoop. And she's like, I can't bring you to meet my father because I'm Jewish. And you probably think I'm Italian because you're Italian. He goes, I'm not Italian. I'm Jewish. He's like, Oh my God, Mazel Tov, I can date you. <laughs> um, meanwhile, they were pretty like for hot and heavy dating. So they got married. But she used to say to me, it's so easy to see the bad. That's what most people do. But if you look for the good, you'll always find double. I used to do that. And she was like in my ear saying to me, Kath, my money's on you. There's nothing you can't do. You've got this. Like, you know, and when she she lived to see like the beginning of my success, I guess mm. you could certain ways. And um, she used to say, tell me again, they gave you $15,000 to use your song in McDonald's. I go, no grandma, 50,000. She's like, 15,000. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> he goes, that's unbelievable. You know? And I feel like that is such an incredible shot of medicine that I had mm-hmm. to be able to dance your way through the depression, through family murder, <laughs> through no food, let's put it this way, that was available as a choice to dance. That's right. 
still on the table. And she found that one spot. And from that one spot, her and my grandfather built this business. He used to make cardboard that went into men's dress shirts. That business grew. They were able to move out to the suburbs. My mother went to college because they had enough money to support them and go to like a little, it wasn't a fancy country club, but it was like a little club. And my grandmother never took a dime from anyone. She lived very modestly, like in a little apartment, but she always had enough. And this is a girl who was malnutritioned as a child because they had nothing. So Mm -hmm. we stand on the shoulders of giants. Our grandparents would look at us and say, you have a smartphone? In one second, in the push of a button, you could be a help to someone. Mm -hmm. In one second, in the push of a button, you could sell a business. Mm -hmm. In one second, with the push of a button, you could make someone smile. What are you doing with it? That's right. It's gotten so, it's like we're desensitized. Yes, Yes, we're desensitized because there's too much technology and everyone is using it for numbing out and escapism because you're feeling too afraid to sit in silence with yourself and your body and allow all the things that you've done such a good job of ignoring and over-functioning past to come through, which is part of what has to happen. It's a shift in your understanding and relationship with emotion, feeling your feelings, all of those beautiful things. And the thing that your story just highlighted, confirmed, illuminated again is You either choose a life where you are stuck in limitation, which means you believe that the outside is what creates the inside. Okay. So I'm just going to make it very helpful for everyone and clear a life of limitation, which side note keeps you in a dysregulated nervous system state of survival means you believe and live by whatever happens outside is impacting me on the inside, or you have the choice to live in a state of creation and unlimited potential. And that part of you knows and believes whatever's happening on the outside is completely irrelevant. I don't even put my awareness there. I know that it's based in my inner environment. And when I prioritize my inner environment, I prioritize how I feel, my states of being, my connection to my body, and my energetic frequency. And when I do that, whatever happens on the outside is pure gravy. Yeah. I feel like This is so good. And I just want to make this reminder as we're all listening, whether you've been listening for the last seven minutes or the whole time, this is why Julia Cameron talks about morning pages. And this is why people talk about a morning practice, because here's the thing, you guys, because we are creatures of habit, okay, you wire yourself into waking up feeling the same way you felt yesterday. So if you do morning pages and you just write out all the gunk, after three pages, you're going to be like, oh, it's out. <laughs> when you maybe got on here today listening to me and Tracy, you were like, oh, hearing them talk is a little bit like someone turning on the lights and my eyes, it's like dark room, kind of hurts. And uh, But then after a while, you're like, wait, I think I just like spent enough minutes that like it kind of like takes away this yucky film in our mind. And all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, I feel better now. It's like Los Angeles after it rains and the fog clears for a couple of days. That feeling is what you're looking for every day. And that's why having someone to listen to like Tracy or me or Esther Hicks or Louise Hay or Dr. Joe or Brene Brown or Wayne Dyer, like it's so good to force yourself like, I don't need it today. It's like, no, no, 10 minutes in the morning mm-hmm. so that you have your whole day back, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of, fun ways to be together. You're doing a boot camp 
in like just a few weeks. It's mm-hmm. called Supernova and tell them when it starts cause it's free and it will be such a incredible way to sort of like rewire the whole system. And you'll, you'll love spending time with Tracy cause she's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. Um, Supernova experiment starts September 20th. We're going four days, the 20th to the 23rd, an hour a day, virtually free. And I'm going to take you beyond what you think is possible. And I'm going to ensure that you remember who you are. Because when I can do those two things, the rest just follows and flows. I love that. What's the link that they can join Supernova? The supernovaexperiment.com. So the supernovaexperiment.com. And you head over there and sign up and we will be there together. And it'll be amazing. And make sure that you say that you mention Kathy when it says, how did we hear about us? Because I want to know where you guys came from. Yeah. And it's really fun for her to know like which communities I always feel so proud of my community. I'm like <laughs> my community represents. So if you go to the supernova experiment.com, write in Kathy Heller so that she knows that you're a part of this world. We're a special group. I would say <laughs> I always hear that from, you know, it's kind of like a teacher when the substitute teacher comes and then it's like your class or your children, your children are so well. I always hear from people like, and I'm not even joking. People will come on the podcast and then they'll say to me, I've been on other podcasts, but your people are so cool. They're just highly sweet and functional and conscious. And I'm like, great, amazing. So yes. join Tracy because you will, you'll just be so happy you did. Tracy, what do you want to leave everybody with that maybe will make today 5% better? Mm. Close your eyes for a moment. Take a deep breath in. And exhale and put your awareness on my voice. You are whole. You are whole right now. It is inherent to your birthright. You are love. And everything that you desire is making its way to you. So keep exhaling and keep surrendering and allow the universe to work for you. You can open your eyes. So beautiful. Thank you guys, all of you, for being here. And thank you, Tracy, for being so cool. You were so generous, kind, unusually loving on the trip that we just took. It was such a once in a lifetime gift to have you there with me. And every night after we do like six or eight hours of meditation, Tracy and I would go to dinner or take a walk or like sing Indigo Girl songs. And we would peel back like layers of our own shadow work and the amount of um, just total love and presence that we gave to each other for me was equally as big of a gift as all the meditations we did and all the ways that that meditation like freed me just being with you. And I just... I can't even believe how generous and loving you can be. Yes, we sang closer. Oh, actually, we didn't sing closer. To we'll, we'll do that one for you guys next time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I actively allow my body to receive that. And I feel the same way about you. And this is also such an example for everyone who's paying attention. When you open yourself to being seen, when you open yourself to being heard and letting all the vulnerabilities come out without judging which ones are good or bad, 
your soul makes a connection with another soul. That's what ours did. Like we said, the first time we met, we're like, did we go to sleep awake him together? If we known each other, were we separated at birth? Like, what is this? Right. But it's only because we're both receptive and we're both allowing of it and open to it and we can hear each other. And it is such a massive gift. And with what we're leading and the communities of women that we get to pour into, I mean, what a gift. So I, I return that thank you to you and every fiber of my being. So, 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 so received. And I just remember like when you and I were, we got to the airport as we were leaving, we were at the same airport, but different gates. And I had to go to a different gate and we had to say goodbye to each other. Like, oh my God, this is like the first time since I'm like 12 that I'm like been this close and this vulnerable with someone that like, I don't want us to like go to different gates. And I was like, wow, I really let myself be loved and seen. And uh, I guess the biggest thing about all of that is that when you really, really check in, it's like, when was the last time you opened your heart all the way and let somebody love you and let yourself be vulnerable and let yourself fully be there to really witness someone else? Because that's like the greatest possible gift you could have out of your day. It has nothing to do with like what car you're driving and how much like, good music is playing. And so thank you for being that beautiful gift for me. Thank you for coming on today. The supernovaexperiment.com is the yeah. link to join Tracy for those four free days of yummy, yummy mind magic stuff. And uh, just tell her that you heard about her from me so she knows who's who. And then maybe I'll come and like do a little bonus for everyone who did that. Anyway, I love you very much. Thank you. you. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How awesome is Tracy? All right, here are the takeaways. Number one, the biggest gift is the embodiment of who we're becoming. It models what's possible for everyone in your proximity. It expands their belief more than anything else. Number two, the satisfaction of this lifetime is an inside job first. It's a satisfaction of your soul. It's the inside that creates the outside, and that's the shift. It's a beautiful thing to awaken to because it's the only way we're going to actually change the world. Number three, the truth is everything actually is available to you. When you really are ready to play, the truth is as you wish, what would you like today? Number four, if you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. Part of this work is learning that you're not your mind. It's understanding that you are actively creating the trajectory of your life. With every micro and every macro choice you're making, it's all about radical personal responsibility. Number five, ultimately, you are the magic. You are far more energy and spiritual than you are human. Number six, the lie is that you need to be fixed. You are inherently whole because we are derived from the same oneness, consciousness, pure love, and source that the stars, the moon, the atoms, the galaxies, all of that is derived from the same place. And that gave rise to you and to me and everyone else. The truth is you are pure love. You are oneness. The truth is you are abundance. Number seven, as we each elevate, that elevates the collective and we become more conscious. It's so much bigger than you and me. You don't get to opt out of showing up. It's our generation's divine responsibility. Number eight, there's nothing more special we can give than sisterhood and unconditional love for one another. When you open yourself up to being seen, when you open yourself up to being heard and you let all the vulnerability come out, without any judgment, then your soul makes a connection with another soul. Thank you so much for listening. I know that there's a zillion things that you can be doing. There's always something to do. And the fact that you're here means the world. Your time is the most valuable thing. And it means so much that you are here. I hope that you will follow along on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you're listening because we have so many good episodes coming up. And if you feel like you love this podcast, please leave us a review. 
we are so excited to be continuously iterating and pivoting and just really keeping tabs with like what is not only in my best alignment, but what really feels like it's serving the community. So we are continuously evolving and we are, you know, sort of mashing together now. As you'll see, we're going to be mashing together all the really fun entrepreneurship things that I love, the business strategies that I love combined with all of the really important mindset shifts that I think are super important. And I I really kind of love the both and of both of those things. So stay tuned for some more goodness on that. And if you can think of one person who would benefit from listening to this, then please email them the link or text them the link. And finally, so as you heard, Tracy has a bootcamp coming up. And if you go to thesupernovaexperiment.com and you just let her know that you heard about her through me, that's going to be extra special. And that will mean that there's extra special goodies for you. So if you want to join Tracy's free bootcamp, then just let her know that you heard about it here and put my name, Kathy Heller, when they ask you how you heard about it. That would be super awesome. And I think you'll really enjoy spending time with her. And finally, if you want to join us in the quilt membership, go to kathyheller.com slash quilt. We can't wait to continue to see that community just grow and connect on such a deep level. And we're going to be doing some live events for quilt members. We're so excited, so stay tuned for that. I'll leave you with a song of mine. Have an amazing weekend. For those of you celebrating the Jewish holidays, Happy New Year. For everybody else, I hope you have just the sweetest weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye.